the Colby Daniels Podcast and our weekly Wednesday conversation with my friend Aaron Davis. Aaron, happy Wednesday. What's happening? Not much. Uh, Wednesdays are now officially my day off from work, so today is my Saturday, and I'm nice. enjoy the day, yeah. Well, at least it stopped uh, raining long enough for you to enjoy the day. Enjoy the day, yeah, definitely. I, I work, uh, like, so I work like 4 a.m. to 3 p.m. roughly. So uh, today was the first day in like a week that I've slept past four. And, oh, wow. Uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It's, it's My Saturdays are back. It's been so long since I've worked. Like, I mean, since a radio station, I really haven't worked a job where I didn't just make my own schedule. Right. So now I actually am like counting down the seconds until my day's off. Nice. It makes you appreciate them more, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a kid. I mean, I'm like, I feel like a kid again. I'm like weekends are back. Yeah, but they're you know in the middle of the week. So, hey, nothing wrong with that. There's there's something. I always found there was something refreshing about having a day off when everybody else is at work and work, like yeah, like you go to breakfast at 10 a.m. and it just you know you just kind of feel like you're uh, just there's there's just a nice feeling to it. Like everybody else is at work and I'm I'm off today. Right. Like. Hell, maybe next week on my day off, I want to go to Frontier City. Well, guess what? There's not going to be 900 people at Frontier City on my day off. It'd be like 10. No line at the right Silver over. Bullet, baby. Exactly. Yeah, because my day, because my Saturday's a Wednesday, and that's <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yes. Speaking of Wednesday, so last week we did the show on Thursday because I had promised little man I would take him to the zoo and. We looked at the weather, and Wednesday appeared to be the only day that was going to be suitable from a rain standpoint as far as the forecast goes to to do it. So we got out there at like 8 a.m. as soon as the gates opened, and it was awesome. For like two hours, there was literally nobody there. We had a blast. And then uh, at 10, 10.30-ish, the place was just packed, packed and yeah. uh, we got the hell out of there shortly after. Yeah, I would. I went there a couple times in the winter to just you know take pictures and play around with my camera yeah and uh just no it was awesome like yeah. nobody there might have been 15 people there yeah that's the best for sure um because then you don't have like you're trying to look at one of the animals and then you have these people that like walk up on you and like basically are breathing on your neck like right waiting for you to move so that they can stand there and then have somebody else do like, it to them like it's I'm, really I'm, like, annoying like, dude, it's a, it's a, it's a tiger. It's a cat. It's probably gonna be in the same spot. Yeah, like in fifteen minutes. Yeah, back up, bro. I'll be yeah, done in a minute. Same thing. I literally yeah, just walked up to the glass. Give me. It's a not second. going anywhere. Yeah. Ugh. How is the? Uh, I, I I assume that you enjoy, like, the early start and being able to start your day when there's like not a lot of traffic and just kind of being the only one on the road, so to speak. Uh, I mean, that's been pretty awesome. It's been raining so much in the mornings though. Uh, when I've been leaving for like every day this week, it's rained like the last, yeah. Since So yeah. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, when I left just pouring rain and I'm dry, like I'm driving through the construction at like, uh, at, I, at, at 40 and like 35. And I, I, I don't know, like I'm pretty confident I'm in the middle of the road because I can't see the lines and like, it's all swerving. So that's kind of sucks, but the no traffic thing is pretty awesome. But I mean, I'm not gonna. I think I'd probably rather sleep another three hours and just sit in traffic. Really? But, okay. Well, I yeah, I think so. 
because I'm falling asleep on the way to work anyway. Oh, like I'm like chugging this coffee, like trying to keep myself awake, and it, it it's a it's it's a gamble. It's a it's a real gamble, but it's not bad. I mean, getting off work at like two o'clock is pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm. I look. I'm. I'm not an early riser by any means, but I would say, and I, I've never been a fan of of having to wake up early. But I would say that I'm probably less of a fan of uh, driving in traffic. So, yeah, but I, I think getting up early to me would probably be the lesser of the two evils. I've never felt like traffic here was that bad in Oklahoma City. Like yeah. I've never. In the eight years I've been here, I've never been in a, in a situation. There's been times where, like, maybe there's a wreck. Don't you live in Edmonds? Yeah. Dude, I, I lived in Austin for 20 years. That's, yeah, Traffic that's true. here is, that's true. like, it's child's play. That's if fair. I could get If I could get from here to Norman with traffic in an hour, yeah, like, that's, that's not that bad. That's probably worst-case scenario. Yeah. I think just driving in Edmond in comparison to everywhere else you can drive in the metro is extremely frustrating. Well, yeah, but Edmond Edmond sucks because there's so many freaking lights, and they all take eighteen thousand minutes. Yeah. Yes. Any any intersection of Broadway, if you get stuck at that light, you're going to be there for ten minutes. Yeah. At that at that one light, because they did, yeah, like you said, they take forever to change. But I generally yeah. get upset when the person in front of me. Is, is on their phone and not paying attention to the light. But it's almost like you can't get mad at somebody in Edmond because they've been sitting there for 10 minutes. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I try to avoid Broadway, definitely. But that's a, yeah, that's a, I guess that's like a uh, infrastructure thing. Yeah. I, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, there's so many damn lights. And then there's train tracks. Yeah. Like you could drive down 15th on, going to Broadway and sit at a light for 10 minutes and get a stuck in the train for 10 minutes. And then nothing's worse to me. And I, anybody that, that has drew, drives through Edmond can relate at some point is when you get stuck in the train tracks and they just stop on the track. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like that, that, that drives me ins- absolutely insane. And I don't know why they do it. And Dude, they, when I, I when I lived in the village, uh, driving down Britain road, like it literally takes me with, you know, on average seven to eight minutes, it would take me from my house to the station it's just mm-hmm. a straight shot down Britain Road. And even even if you catch all the lights red, it's like eight minutes total. So you can be there really quick, but you have to go across train tracks. And I would say probably three of the five days a week, I would catch that damn train. And you're right. I mean, half the time, it just stops. And then yeah. you're stuck there for like 30 minutes. Well, you stop me on a track. Like, what right, what are you doing? I've never lived anywhere in my life other than Edmond, where the trains will just stop in the middle of, like, the road crossing. Yeah. Well, it's obviously the, the same train that stops on Britain Road as well. It's just, yeah. Right. It's the only place I've ever lived that does that. It's crazy. Yeah, Kara and I used... So, Kara lived, like, a few blocks away from where I lived. So, we would we both shared that frustration. And every time either one of us caught that train... We would take a picture, text it to the other one with like the cursing and head blowing up emojis because it's so frustrating. The two worst lights in Edmond, though, in my opinion, tell me if you agree with this. And people from Edmond that are listening to this, I'm curious if you agree. Let me guess. I'm going to guess. Yeah, you guess. Okay. Broadway and 15th. Yes. That light takes 20 minutes. It's so bad. 
Yeah, and then if you're like, I get it, but it, that light takes so long that if I'm going straight, I try my very best to avoid the right lane because I know, like, I don't want to hold up the 10 cars behind me that just want to turn right on the red. I know. But I, I do, sometimes it's unavoidable, but like, I try my best to not go straight in the right same. lane. But same. That one's bad. And then the. The one I, I that one's bad, but I think the one at uh, was it Memorial and Broadway. I don't know the cross streets. It's Broadway and uh, where the uh, like that the uh, like the Schlotskys is thirty third, thirty third. Yes, you think thirty third and Broadway is worse than fifteenth and Broadway? I've sat at that light okay. way longer than I've sat at the fifteenth. Really? Okay. See, I. I that one to me, I feel like uh, funnels pretty well. I mean, it, it does, can, the can, traffic does flow a little bit better can, there. Com, in comparison to the others, I'm not saying that's a fast light, but given the amount of traffic that's that's coming in and out of Edmond at that intersection compared to the yeah. others, like I, I feel like it still relatively moves at a decent pace compared to 15th and Broadway. And then the other one that's just miserable is Second uh, Boulevard. That's where over by the Lowe's and Target and uh, what else is over there? Torchy's Tacos. Oh, the wall, the neighborhood Walmart's right there. Neighborhood yeah. Walmart, the hospital. Yeah, that yeah. one. That one's pretty bad. Yeah, that the one Fifteenth and Broadway's still the worst. Actually, you're right. Fifteenth and Broadway is worse than thirty third. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, those. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. I usually try to avoid Second and the Boulevard though. I'll like go down Bryant or something, and yeah, yeah. Those are bad though. Edmund needs to get it figured out. And oh, and they're, I'm pretty sure they're about to do construction at that intersection. They are. I yeah. So I drove through there be. yesterday, and there are signs that they're about to like shut the whole thing down. And yeah, oh, that's so uh, that's rocking. Shout out to Edmund. Shout out to the state of Oklahoma for uh, just making that whole area a complete disaster and starting the project literally like a month before UCO people kids come back. Oh, what a nightmare! So bad. It's gonna take a year. I thought I saw yeah. like the projected the Shocking. the. the the estimated finish date was like a year for that at, that construction at uh, Second and Boulevard. Seems like a year ago would have been a good time to start that. Yeah, when there's not a bunch of kids on campus <laughs> and right. like, yeah. Oh man, so brutal. Well, congrats, uh, congrats on the first week on the job. Thank you. It was uh, hard work. I'm. I haven't had a labor intensive job in ten years. Been fortunate. Radio radio spoiled me with my uh, I don't think my work ethic work ethic yeah. ever like deteriorated, but just the uh, the amount of hard work that I had to yeah. do. Definitely well, it's just spoiled. it's completely different work, right? Like it's yeah. Well, I mean, there's it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not radio's hard work from like you said different aspects, but yeah. not it's definitely not a physical right. You're sitting in like, a chair most in of the time dark. in a dark room that's either yeah. heated or cooled or yeah. Yeah, yeah. So radio is definitely more mentally draining than uh, you know me throwing cases of soda up on a shelf. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, there I'm pretty sore. Aaron, um, give me the reason why these NBA playoffs are cursed. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> because we upset China. No, I'm just playing. Uh, it's because LeBron, man. LeBron spoke said, out against you know, China, so the basketball yeah. gods are. Uh, avenging exactly yeah you don't you don't speak out against 50 percent of our 
our uh, audience. Uh, but look, it, they do feel cursed to a to a sense, yeah, because these all the superstar players are getting hurt, and that sucks. But I don't know, man. Like the fact that LeBron is not in this situation, he's not in the conference finals. Is that's good enough for me? The fact that I know yeah. that we're gonna have a year where the freaking Suns or Hawks or Bucks or Clippers, any of those four teams, are gonna win an NBA title. I'm all for that. So I'm still enjoying them. I'm I'm it's I'm hopeful that uh Trey's back for the next game. Right. I highly doubt it. Yeah. But a deep bone bruise, I can't imagine he's gonna be ready to go in two days. Giannis. Well, I mean, the good he, thing is least, because of the Giannis injury, I, I, I mean, if you're Atlanta, you got to feel like, uh, and, and how well they played, you got to right. feel like you don't need to rush it now. No, definitely not. I mean, they dominated last night. They played better. They played significantly better last night than they did in game three. Yeah. Uh, game three was a complete disaster. Now, that for was Atlanta. last night was Milwaukee completely taking everyone else on that roster for granted. A hundred percent. And like, yeah. In I mean, the they were Eastern bad. Conference Finals, what a what a joke! Yeah, I mean they talked about it inside after the, at halftime and after the game. Like Milwaukee just no showed that game to yeah. do. But I mean that's not to take anything away from Atlanta. I mean those dudes were hitting all their right. shots. Lou Williams was unbelievable, which I tweeted out last night. Lou Williams has to be one of the most underrated players of all time. Oh, I mean, for dude, sure. Like he's never been a starter. He's never got an opportunity yeah. to start. But he's like he was in Houston. I watched him a lot in those couple of years. He was in Houston. Like the dude just. Gets buckets, but like last night was the first time he's ever started a playoff game. Yeah, he's got to be like he's got to be forty five years old at this point. Yeah, he um he I, I I'm pretty sure that he was a um, high school draft pick like in the late nineties. Yeah, he's been in the league for tw- like twenty years. I could I could be wrong, but I feel like that's around the t- he came at he was in that same class with uh, I think Monte Ellis. Oh, yeah. I'm way yeah. off. He was he came in in 2005. Way off. But anyway, it's still well, been a long, about, long time. That sounds about right with the Monte yeah. Ellis yeah. timeline, though. Um, For some reason, I was thinking it was earlier than that. But Still, that's 16 years. Yeah. He's won multiple six-man-of-the-year awards. He's been on a lot of good teams. He's been consistently, for 16 years, he's been a consistent scorer and yeah, so to be that kind night. of player and know that like you could go to a bad team and probably average twenty five a game and get paid a, probably a lot more money and sure. have a lot more spotlight, which everybody in the NBA craves, for him to just accept his role for that amount of time and and do it at, at that high of a level is really impressive to me. Yeah, I mean. It's just impressive that he still. I mean, it is impressive that he did that, but it, it's really impressive to me that he's still doing it. Right. He's you know been in the league 16 years. It's a game. It's a pivotal game for must win for the Hawks. And you know, an hour before the game, he finds out that he's going to be starting, and then you know goes what like eight of 11 or eight of 10 or something like that from the field and scores 20 points. So yeah, but anyways, Giannis was able to walk off. He was walking around on his his own strength last night. So I'm hoping that. You know, it, at the most, maybe he misses game five and then he's back for game six and possibly game seven. I, I'm very much rooting against the Bucks, but I don't want I don't want to see them go down without Giannis. So, right. Um, well, any of the tough, teams man. for that matter, like I, I don't want to see any of these, regardless of whether I like teams or dislike teams, I don't want to see 
And, and especially when this applies to multiple teams, I don't want to see anybody lose because they don't have their arsenal there. Like that, these, there, there have been really good moments in these playoffs and I'm with you on the new blood. I, I absolutely enjoy seeing the new blood. Part of the reason why there's new blood is because of the insane amount of injuries but even as we're here with this final four, like I, I just feel like it's cheapened in some way when we're watching the Clippers play without Kawhi. We're, you know, we luckily for the Suns, they were without Chris Paul, but they overcame. The Clippers to this point have overcome without Kawhi Leonard, but Atlanta now doesn't have Trey Young, and Milwaukee doesn't have Giannis, and you know James Harden was out, and Kyrie, and it just it 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 it's really frustrating as a fan. To watch these NBA playoffs, which is supposed to be the sport where the best team always wins, right? And to to kind of feel like that's not the scenario we're getting this year because it's basically the healthiest team. It, again, I'm not going to quit watching, but it, it it does cheapen what I feel like I'm watching. Isn't it funny that like it's Trey Young, it's Giannis, it's Chris Paul missing. I know Chris Paul didn't get hurt. I was a COVID thing, but still, it's yeah. Chris Paul missing time. It's uh, it's Kawhi getting hurt. It's those it, like it, we really haven't had any teams where it's like, oh, Jay Crowder's hurt, right? Or like, oh, uh, you know, Lou Williams is going to be out tonight. Yeah, or, Pat Connaughton is going to miss uh, yeah, three three games. Like literally, only guys that are getting hurt are the superstars. Anthony Davis. Uh, it wasn't like couldn't have been Contavious Caldwell Pope get hurt. It, it had to be right. Anthony Davis that got hurt. Yeah, so it, that that is. Crazy how it's worked out. Listen to the list of guys that have missed games this postseason. Mike Conley, who was an NBA All-Star this year. Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Davis, Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown. Uh, Jamal Murray was hurt before the playoffs as well. But, uh, you know, obviously another pretty significant name when you consider what he did in last year's postseason run. Trey Young and now probably Giannis. So you just named 11 All-Stars. Yeah. I think from this year. I yeah. think they were All-Stars this season. I think everybody I named other than Jamal Murray and Trey Young were All-Stars this season. Trey Young wasn't an All-Star this year? No. Oh, wow. I just assumed. Yeah. Okay, so 10. So you named 10 because I didn't count Jamal Murray on that list since he was out before. Yeah, 10 All-Stars yeah. for this season. Hurt in the play. That's crazy. I mean, that's it's insane. And it sucks, too, because the play, I don't know if this – is why the games have been so entertaining. But we've had a bad stretch this week. <laughs> yeah. Like like the games have kind of gotten pretty pretty terrible the last few games. But like up until like Sunday, I mean we've had like the entire playoff stretch has been consistently really good. And I don't maybe it's cuz the superstars are struggling to get on the floor and the teams are just a little bit more evenly matched when you don't have that Kawhi Leonard or that uh yeah. you know that James Harden and Kyrie Irving at 100%. So I tweeted last yeah. night after the honest injury. It's only fitting the 2021 NBA champion comes down to who will be the healthiest team considering how significantly altered the league has been for two seasons in the name of keeping everyone healthy. Right. Let me let me ask you this. So I and I've had this thought like okay, first off, if you're the Suns and Devin Booker commits to play in the Olympics, you've got to be sitting there trying to talk him out of doing that, right? Absolutely. Like why like you're potentially going to the finals like you could be you could be heading to the finals after tonight and then you're playing at least four more games in the finals and the Olympics start in what like um, I mean they're probably going to camp in yeah. a couple of weeks for the Olympics and that could last a few weeks 
and then you come back, you get a little bit of time off, and then you're back in the NBA camp. Like, yeah, that's I mean, they're young and like, there's no reason that they can't be if they win the title, repeat next year. So like, I'm not okay with you know my best player possibly. I, I'd say he's probably the best player right now going and playing in the Olympics. I mean, we saw Kevin Durant back out. James Harden's backed out. Like, I totally understand why these dudes aren't going to play in the Olympics. Like, they've basically been playing basketball right now for, what, 12 straight months? And then they're going to extend that to probably another 18 or 19 months of just playing competitive basketball? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I don't don't blame anybody for not taking the opportunity. I I think, you know, everybody's going to feel different about this, but wearing you know, your country's colors and representing your country for a lot of guys is a really big deal. And, and Phoenix would never say that they didn't want Devin Booker to do that. But yeah, I think that's something that, that, you know, they're behind closed doors saying, man, I really wish he wasn't uh, going to play in the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, it's a little, I understand why like a guy like Devin Booker would want to do it. But like, if you're like, if you're Kevin Durant or LeBron James, you've been there multiple times. Yeah. I think it's a little bit easier to say, you know what, I've done this, like, let's, let some younger dudes do it. And for those guys that have the amount of mileage on their bodies yeah. that they do, you know, whereas Devin Booker doesn't have nearly the same mileage. But again, I mean, you, you know, and, and look, for Phoenix also, they, you know, they were really hot in the bubble but didn't make the postseason. So they also, you know, they they were kind of cut short and didn't have to play nearly as much as like the Lakers did. Yeah. And I think if, you know, the NBA season was on a, t- a typical schedule on an Olympic year, like, you know, right now the 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 finals would be over right now. They would have been over a couple of weeks ago yeah. in a normal year. Yeah, and it's just, tomorrow's July first, and we're not even at we haven't finished the conference finals yet. So it's just it's all just clustered together. And I just I mean we're gonna have a we're probably gonna have a playoff situation next year where we're gonna have a lot of superstars that are gonna get hurt. Um, and we're just gonna be in this situation again next year, and it's gonna suck. By the way, did you see that uh, Kawhi is uh, reportedly Upset with the Clippers and the way they handled his knee injury. Again? Yes. This was the same thing with San Antonio, right? That they didn't the handle his injury the right way? Exact same thing. I and No, I haven't I, seen this yet. At the time, when it, when it happened with San Antonio, I was like, this is just an excuse to get him out, to get out of there. Like, he'd like... He's just looking for an excuse to say, you know what, I'm upset with them, like, trade me. Or I'm going to sign somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, let me. Uh, that whole thing in San part. Antonio felt weird, but I mean, I, I, you know, I always felt like I'm sure San Antonio did some things wrong, and I'm sure Kawhi Leonard also handled it wrong. And you know, it, it it's just one of those things where both sides probably made mistakes, both sides blamed the other side, and uh, the result was Kawhi Leonard ending up in Toronto. The fact that this is happening again kind of maybe changes my opinion, maybe a little bit about that, but. Is that why uh, he was sitting in the suite the other night and not that on the was sideline? Weird. Why are you doing that? Yeah, very odd. By the way, great call by uh, Mike Breen when they cut to the <laughs> to Kawhi sitting up there and he says, uh, "Oh, and Kawhi's going crazy," but it was just Kawhi just sitting there like that's. Am- I didn't. I didn't have the volume face. up, but I did oh. see when they went. They 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 uh, panned over to the Kawhi shot. That's amazing. Uh, great I'll call by Mike guys. Breen. Twitter video. It's, it's hilarious. All right. Well, so this report about Kawhi being upset with the Clippers, it, I did not come from a reliable source. So, uh, apparently skip Bayless is the one that said something about it. Okay. All right. So, 
But it's happened before. I guess I couldn't yeah. put it past it happening again. But I'm taking it with a huge grain of salt after finding out who said it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, his deal's up though. Like he's yeah. He can there's be a free agent this summer. A lot of conversations about whether he would. Uh, he. I think it's funny the conversations right now that are being had about Kawhi, Damian Lillard, Luca. If I'm Dallas or if I'm Portland, and and obviously Kawhi's situation is different, but. Damian Lillard or Luka Doncic is literally going to have to do what James Harden did for me to move one of those guys. I'm just not doing it under any circumstance. Oh, de- definitely in Dallas. Like, I, okay, so Portland, Portland, I think you can make an R- a little bit better of an argument to get move on from Lillard. I mean, there's no reason to move from Luka. He's, what, probably 23 still? He's still, uh, he's too young. He's too young at this point in his career to move on, and... It's gonna take some big balls 22. from Luca to twenty-two. It's gonna take some big balls from Luca to not sign that initial extension with Dallas because that's where he's gonna get the most money on his first extension. Yeah, Dame's early, in his early thirties. He's thirty. If yeah, he's thirty. So if you really feel if you're in Portland, you really feel like you just can't build a winning team quickly enough around Dame, maybe you move him, but I still think like probably you could probably wait another year at least yeah. to move Dame Agreed. and try and figure it out. But right now what they have, they're not going to win with that team. Like no, I, I, I love CJ McCollum, but if he's the second best player on your team, you're never going to win a title in the NBA. So amen. I don't know what the move is. Uh, honestly, like I was going to say, maybe you trade for Ben Simmons and kind of see what happens, but that doesn't really help. You know what yeah. Ben Simmons is? I said this to Eric yesterday. Ben Simmons is Draymond Green. Like, if yeah, Draymond Green is your second best player, you're not winning a championship. Right, but, he's Draymond Green that's being asked to play point guard. Exactly. Yeah. Ben can do point guard things just like Draymond Green can. Draymond Green is capable of bringing the ball up the floor. Draymond Green is capable of passing the ball and, you know, making smart decisions with the ball in his hands and... Uh, playing great defense and doing all the things that Ben Simmons does. They're just being asked to play completely different roles. Draymond Green is asked to play the role that has made him, you know, probably a future Hall of Famer. For sure. And Ben Simmons is being asked to be like, you know, Steph Curry. Like, it's it doesn't work. Ben Simmons yeah, can't it, I mean, be the best one or two players on, on a title team. And it, but the difference is... Between those two guys, is that if you asked Draymond, if you told Draymond Green you got to be the second best player on this team, Draymond Green a hundred percent is going to believe he could be the second best player on the team. And his like the Ben Simmons just has no confidence. Yeah, that's true. like his yeah. he's a complete head case. And Draymond is, I don't think Dray, I don't think there's anything that could happen to make Draymond Green, you know, be a head case. Like he's much as people hate him, he's he's pretty mentally strong on the floor. I mean, he right. complains a lot and stuff, but like. You know, he's not going to get in his own head. Ben Simmons is crazy. I mean, it's, I like, he is one of those players that is a complete anomaly in the history of this sport because he's a, he's a 6'10 point guard who can't shoot free throw. Like, um, he plays the same position as Chris Paul and Steph Curry and shoots 50% from the free throw line. From the free throw line, not from three yeah. or from the field. From the free throw line, he shoots 50% as a point guard. Shaq is a better free throw shooter than Ben Simmons. Shaq more make, has yeah, it's yeah, it's insane. And just think about it, like what, what was it like eight months ago? 
he was the key piece in a trade for James Harden? The Sixers could have had James Harden for Ben Simmons. And I think they were willing to do it, but Brooklyn just ended up offering more before yeah. Philly finalized the deal. But, yeah, I mean, that it's tough, man. Like, the I don't Ben know, I Simmons, think Joel Embiid pairing was never good because Embiid's a big man that isn't ball dominant. Right. And so, so your ball dominant guy is a guy that's not a threat to score from the perimeter. Like that doesn't work. Right. Yeah. It, the, like there's just not enough room in the, in the po in the paint for those two guys. And, and, and it's crazy because I think that the Sixers have a great roster. Like if you look at the other dudes on that team, like they're a pretty well constructed team yeah. for 2021. Ben Simmons is just such a, a clog in everything that they want to do or in their ability to win that like you can't have your best, like your second best player on the, in your team can't be a guy that you have to take off the floor in the final four minutes. Right. He like, could you imagine if like the, uh, we'll use the Clippers. So you imagine the Clippers were like, we got to take, we got to take Paul George off the final right. four minutes. We can't trust him. It's insane. Yeah. Or in the final five minutes, your point guard can't have the ball in his hands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. right we've reached the critical moments of this game. We got to take the ball out of our point guard's hands. And like, I get why Philly would draft him. Like again, the size and athleticism, and like the defense, like it was all there coming out of LSU for sure. And you would think that he would get a little bit better, but he's got. I, I don't think he's gotten any better from his freshman year at LSU. To now, not offensively, like, right? Yeah, I, like there's not, and in today's NBA, defense is only going to get you so much, right? Like, if you can't score, especially as a guard, then I mean, well, you're not going to win, and they haven't, right? And their window's closing pretty quick. Yeah, I I liked Ben Simmons early because he was still young enough, and we hadn't seen enough of him at this level to know that he wouldn't ever develop those skills. So when you just looked at what was there, it was like, you got to love what, what this guy could be. He's a 16 But like literally we're at this point where it's like, I I find it far fetched to believe at this point he's going to change. Like he's been in the NBA long enough that if we haven't seen even marginal improvement, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I like, like you said, I mean, it's not even marginal, right? At now, could point, he go somewhere and get marginally better? Sure. Well, he he could be in the right system. Like but, he yeah, could absolutely it, go to a team yeah. and be in the right system. But yeah, I think we've seen enough at this point to know like it's never going to get to where it needs to be for him to be one of the best, you know, two players on a really really good team when it matters. Right. Like if if Ben Simmons went to like Portland, I don't think it makes Portland that much better. But I think that Ben Simmons probably plays better. He probably is better in a in a system next to Damian Lillard as opposed to Joel Embiid. But yeah. it doesn't necessarily, like I said, doesn't necessarily make Portland better. Yeah. Maybe in the regular season. But when you get to the playoffs, I mean, it's probably the same situation Philadelphia's in. Like, you just can't have them on the floor at the end of games. Would you want your Houston Rockets, if Ben Simmons were on the trading block, would you want your Rockets to make a move? I was fine with them trade. I was fine with bring in Ben Simmons for James Harden. I, I thought yeah. that, I mean, if Harden's going, is going to leave anyway, if you could get a draft pick in Ben Simmons, I thought that was, I, I thought that was fair. Cause Simmons is still young that they're, he's going to be on a, like 
a terrible team where he can be the guy and you can kind of build a system around Ben Simmons and try and figure it out. Hell, if you want to kind of do a thing where like the like late 2000s Orlando Magic did with Dwight Howard and just surround him with a bunch of shooters, but just kind of reverse it with yeah. your point guard, maybe maybe you give that a shot and see how that works. But I was fine with it because, I mean, who cares? Like you're not trying to win. I think if you're a bad team and you're okay with rebuilding and you want to build around Ben Simmons or make him a key piece, then that's fine. But the problem with Philadelphia is, like you said, Joel Embiid was already there. Like They had already committed to Embiid kind of being the centerpiece of that team. And even if it wasn't Embiid and it was Okafor or Nerlens Noel, like you already had committed to a center being a like key piece of your team and building around it from the inside out. And Ben Simmons just it doesn't make a lot of sense on that team. Uh, so I'd be fine with it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at this point, I don't know. I know Ben Simmons trade value is definitely way lower than it was a year ago, but I don't even know what you would give up to get Ben Simmons at this point. If you're Houston, I think for me, if I, and this applies to every team in the NBA, I'm, I'm definitely okay with getting Ben Simmons. I think it has to, you have to have the right mentality as far as what he means to your team and what you're going to do to build around him. Cause I, I don't think you, it, for anybody, Thunder, Rockets, Pistons, like these are bad basketball teams. If you acquire Ben Simmons, that's great, but I don't think you acquire him with the thought process that you're building around him. Like if you, if you just bring him in and say, he's here, he's a valuable asset, but yeah. we're not going to build the team to make him better. He's just going to be one of the assets to make us better. See what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I just, Cause you can't build, I, a, dude. You can't build around a guy that is that offensively deficient. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I mean, I just I feel like because of the name stake, that name value that Ben Simmons has, that if you're gonna trade right. for him, you kind of have to make him, especially if you're as, as bad as a team as like the Pistons are. Right. Although the Pistons are about to get Kate Cunningham, so in that scenario, if they trade for Ben, that would be a terrible pairing. By the way, Can you imagine Ben Simmons and Kate Cunningham on the same team? That would be Awful. a disaster. Awful. Unless. Ben, I mean, I guess you could like have one of them come off the bench and play. They both play the same role, then I guess maybe it works out. But those are two dudes that are kind of the same mold. Uh, I mean, Cade's a better shooter, but so just giant point guards. Um, but I think if you're trading for a guy that name value, you kind of have to commit to making him a centerpiece, and because he's just making so much money too that. If you're going to pay that guy that much money, you kind of have to build a little bit around him. I understand that he can't be your centerpiece and can't be your number one guy, but yeah. you can't put yourself in a, you like my, the, my point is like if you bring in Ben Simmons, you can't also make your other star a center or a, like a paint oriented power forward. Like right. you have to put it like your other best player has to be a guy that can space the floor. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, I wouldn't let, if my only option was to bring in, like, a Joel Embiid, I wouldn't let having Ben Simmons on my team prevent me from making the right move because, oh, at the end of the day, no. Ben Simmons is not going to be the guy that puts you over the top. You're right. That's right. I mean, that's yeah. fair. Like, if you have a chance to get a quality, like, a guy right. of, like, Embiid's quality or Jokic or... Yeah. I don't even know if Jokic is fair because he's yeah, such, that's he's Yeah, the whole point is Ben role. Simmons is is a good player. Like, I'm not... Nobody's trying to say that he's not a good player. He's just not, you know, the, the, the guy that, that's going to win you the game. So, knowing that, 
you just can't have him on your team and and make all of your moves based on him being the centerpiece. So he having him on your roster can't prevent you from making the right move for your organization. I am just curious. I'm I'm gonna look up uh, on Draft Express. I want to see who Ben Simmons's uh, player comp was. Because I feel like it was probably LeBron as far as, like, size and athleticism at that age. Because LeBron was a terrible three-point shooter, too. Yeah. Not terrible, but he wasn't good coming out of uh, out of high school. Because, I mean, if, if you've watched any high school games for LeBron, he never had he, – like, he could just dunk every time he touched the ball. I feel like I remember some Lamar Odom comps on Ben Simmons. That would make sense. A 6'10". Like I mean, Lamar wasn't necessarily a point guard per se, but he, you know, he, he handled the ball. He, he was, did a lot of that. He was yeah. one of those OG like six, like point, point forwards. forwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't have a player comp on him posted, but uh, on uh, DraftNet they gave him a, his score as a one hundred, which I mm. in the past two drafts I have not seen a player with a one hundred overall on DraftNet. Well, remember when he came out of LSU, the big conversation was like, this guy's going to go number one overall, and he didn't even get LSU to the NCAA tournament. Right, right. But, I mean, exactly. He's going back to call it. Like, it's, it's, it's not that hard to get to the NCAA tournament. Like, <laughs> so many, especially if you're in a power, like one of the big five conferences, big conferences, like, all you got to do is be like middling around, like around 500. Middle of the pack, yeah. Middle of the pack, and you can get an eight or a nine. And seed. you have a player of that caliber like name recognition yeah th- yeah there's yeah it, it, i mean it, it all it really all just comes down to the fact that like he just he's never improved and i don't know if that's a work ethic thing or mental thing or yeah or what it is but he just hasn't gotten better uh i've found one website where his they have three player comps for him and you know what if you're going into the draft with these three dudes as your player comps you're not set up for success it was Lamar Odom, like you said. Okay. Magic Johnson and LeBron. Okay, yeah. So, which, if you look at his size and his skill set, like, I guess, yeah. But, I mean, I I don't know how you come out of LSU and be a rookie in the NBA. And if people legitimately expect you to be compared to those guys. Yeah, I assumed that there would, when you started Googling, like, in my mind, I assumed that there would be a Magic Johnson comp simply because he's 6'10 and a point guard. But, but that's where basically right. the comparison ends i've seen grant hill which i could see grant hill i hear okay mm. here's one that i think is the most accurate comp knowing what we know is josh smith yeah josh smith was a, a way better shooter though but yeah josh yeah. smith is kind of in that lamar odom uh area yeah, as I, far I, as like how they play crazy i mean he's I mean, he's a he's a multi-time All Star, and I mean, how many All Stars in any sport do we have conversations about them being a complete detriment to their team? Yeah, it doesn't happen often, <laughs> right? But Could you imagine sitting here saying, like, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers, he's good in some games, but you get in the playoffs, <laughs> yeah. can't trust him. You got to take him out at the last four minutes. Can't have him on the field. How do you feel about? Uh... I hate bringing up these types of conversations, but I'm going to do it anyway uh, since we're having the conversation about bringing somebody off the floor. 
How do you feel about Perk's comments about uh, Middleton being the Batman and Giannis being the Robin? Okay. So I've said this. I said this on our show, on our radio show a couple of years ago. Yeah. Kendrick Perkins is the worst person. like So bad. Worst personality on TV and, and sports media. He He's a complete idiot. He, he says stupid things all the time. He, and he did it when he first started. I don't understand why ESPN would rather pay – Kendrick Perkins didn't pay Kenny Maine. Like, it doesn't make any sense yeah. to me why they would put, like, idiots like Kendrick Perkins on TV to say stupid things. Like It's their model because you and I have these conversations about, about it. it. Yeah. Right. But in what world is – Giannis is a two-time MVP. Right. And you know what? Giannis went out last night and Chris Middleton, he was, he was just terrible last night. Yeah. He was absolutely terrible. Chris Middleton can – there are certain nights – Maybe Chris Middleton can be the best player in that game, but he's not the best player on that team. Yeah, and as as many flaws as Giannis has, and he has some flaws, like his free throw shooting and his three point shooting are terrible. But he is unstoppable when he wants to be. Right. Chris Middleton does not have the ability to be unstoppable for stretches of time, just right. because he he decided to. Like Giannis can just decide that nobody's stopping me for the next five minutes. It's ridiculous to me that you would confuse the Batman and Robin conversation with somebody being a closer. Because the way that the game is played today, especially in the closing minutes, it it does make more sense for the ball to be in Middleton's hands than Giannis's hands simply because he's a bigger threat to shoot the ball at any given moment or get to the free throw line. It doesn't right. mean that... Like, if, yeah. you, if the Bucks had Shaq who's one of the top 10 to 15 greatest players ever, you also wouldn't have the ball in Shaq's hands in the final three minutes of a game. You would have the ball in Middleton's hands. That doesn't mean that Shaq's useless, but that it just doesn't make sense for the ball to be in that guy's hands given his skill set versus the other guy right. at the end of a game. So this idea that because Middleton has the ball in his hands at the end of the game, he's the he's the guy for that team is crazy. And... and I, I don't know if you ever listen to Ryan Rosillo, but he has this thing where he talks about uh, superstars versus 13 and 30 guys. Are you aware of this uh, no, metaphor I, that I he do, uses? I do. I do. I'm a big fan of Ryan Rosillo, but I've never heard him this. Uh, maybe I haven't. I just, explain it, please. So I, I love this uh, and I, I use it all the time. So shout out to Ryan Rosillo. But he talks about how he was one time at this, this party and there was a girl there and he said the girl... Nobody knew how old she was. He said she could have passed for 13 or she could have passed for 30. And and I'm sure you've seen those people where you're like, I, I don't know if that person's really young or really old. Like, So the metaphor he uses is she could have been 13 or she could have been 30. And he talks about how the difference in NBA superstars versus really good players is the, the superstars show up every night. The really good players on any given night might give you 13 or might give you 30. Like, if Chris Middleton shows up tonight and only scores 13 points, nobody is surprised. If Chris Middleton shows up tonight and scores 30, no one is surprised. That's the separator. Is his skill level really good when he's on? Sure. But he also might give you 13. Whereas the superstars, if Giannis scores 13, we're all shocked. Right? Right. Like, because he delivers every single night. Chris Middleton delivers sometimes, but he also no-shows. I mean, that's a perfect analogy. And yeah. you could look at the last two games in the series to back up that. 
that that yeah. analogy, that metaphor is because last night Middleton had 16, and then in game uh, three he had 38. Right. If you can look at a guy, any guy in the NBA, and say that you wouldn't be surprised if he gave you 13 or 30 on any given night, he's not a superstar. No. Like, yeah. Like. How many nights when Russell Westbrook was in Oklahoma City as the guy did he score 13 points? Never. Right. <laughs> Unless he left, got hurt or like right. they, whatever. Or it was one of those nights where he was just like going to make a point and not shoot the ball but get like 20 assists. Then, right. Then exactly. maybe he would, but yeah. 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 It, 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 the, it's And that's exactly not to say right. that, yeah, guys can't have a bad game. Like, But even if he has a – but even if a superstar has a bad game – Yeah. The – I mean, their usage rate goes carries some of the weight in this argument as far as like point totals per se, but like they just have an impact on the game. Like a guy like Chris Middleton can completely disappear from the game yeah. for thirty minutes, but like a guy like Giannis, even if he is not playing well, like scoring wise, you still have to pay attention to him. You like he's not going to disappear. You always know where he's at at every second. And as far as far as like Chris Middleton like being the closer. I mean, yes, he has to be the closer because Giannis can't shoot free throws. Right. It was the same thing with Shaq. Right. That you, you, like, you can't let them touch the ball because they're just going to get fouled, and then they're going to go at best make fifty percent of their free throws. Yeah. So, it's a completely stupid statement to say that Giannis is the Batman, is the Robin to Middleton's Batman, and there might be one person in the world that agrees with that, and it's probably Scottie Pippen. Oh, good lord, Scottie Pippen! What is happening there? Just did you I, look, did you happen to to go back and I did listen to I all listened, of the Dan Patrick stuff? I listened to about seventy five percent of it. I think I listened to about eight minutes of it. I think it was like uh, like ten or twelve minutes long, something like that. But look, I mean, I don't know why like, I get why people are kind of like jumping on him, but he's he's always been this way. I mean, look, you watch the uh, Last Dance documentary. Like Scottie Pippen's always been this way. He's never gotten along with anybody. He's never liked anybody. Like you could go back to his issues with Jerry Krause and the Bulls. And how many times did he ask for a trade while he was with Chicago? Like at least three, two or three times. Yeah, he wanted to be traded. Um, he had he had issues with Barkley when they were in Houston. He obviously had issues with Phil Jackson. Like he probably. I mean, I, I would assume he had issues with Michael if Michael wasn't like. I, I, if he probably wasn't afraid of Michael, he probably would have outwardly said that he had issues with Michael. It's crazy because no no sidekick has ever embraced their role better than Scottie Pippen did on the court. But off the court, like, it's amazing to me that it succeeded the way it did because off the court, he was so much against everything that was happening with his role and his contract and everything else. But I give him a ton of credit for, I guess, other than the playoff situation with Kukoc, for like when when it was game time and when he was on the floor, like he embraced his role as far as being the the number two to Mike. Right. It, but the crazy thing is like, so he was right at that point. That team was his, right? Yes. And he's the number for one sure. guy for sure. But he just he just like they just had a situation where it was Michael's team, and who took that last shot? It, it, you know, was it in the Phoenix series that Paxson. John Paxson hit? The, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it was a Phoenix series. John Paxson hits the game winner. Well, okay, so why would Paxson hit the game winner? Probably because the other team is going to double the best player 
And if Scottie Pippen's the best player on that team that year in 94, right. well, guess what? They're probably going to double you, and you need to give the ball to Ku coach because he's probably going to get an easier shot off. So just from a strategy point, like you got Scottie Pippen has played too much basketball to think that like, yeah, you know, it doesn't make sense to let Kukoc take the shot. Maybe and you know what? Maybe it was a racially thing, racial thing. But I've never heard anybody even imply that uh, Phil Jackson was even slightly racist or had you know, no. In yeah, I've never heard that is nothing I've ever heard in my life. It seems now, far maybe, fetched. And look, I'm not gonna right. I'm not gonna sit here and say we don't know Phil Jackson. We but. Right. It I seems mean, I just, I've never heard anybody say. Yeah, that. it it seems a little outlandish to me uh, to for Phil Jackson to be in the NBA for as long as he has, and coach as many black players as he did, to only have one guy make that accusation, and it's in a situation where it's because Phil didn't give didn't him give the last shot, and he got upset, and it's repeatedly brought up to the point that Scotty's angry about it. And um, maybe look. Maybe, maybe, maybe what it is, Scotty, maybe Phil just thinks you're an asshole and doesn't, just didn't want to give you the shot because he just doesn't like you. Or maybe Phil just wants to win and, exactly. and Tony like Kukoc said, is a, 6'10 and a better shooter. Thank you. And, and, and Scotty's probably getting doubled because they know that yes. Scotty's the best player on the team. Scotty is the best player on the team, but exactly. like Kukoc like like, was a better shooter. Yes. I, and he hit the shot too. So like, what are we yeah. like? It's been, it has been 17, 16 years, 17 years. No, longer than that. How long has it been? It's been 20, 26 years. 20, yeah, 20. God, I'm so bad. 27 years. 27 years. He he made the shot. Why are you so upset about it? Get over it. You won the game. Yeah, it's because the the documentary focused on it, and he's had a lot of backlash since the documentary. So, yeah, he's. He's, and dude, he's, he's like, I, I get, Scotty's just really angry. Like that, the bottom line is Scotty's really yeah. angry. I don't understand. Like he's had some tough stuff go on, like in his personal life recently. Yeah. I think it's one of his kids died. One of his sons passed away uh, this past year. And I, I get it. But like, that doesn't mean he is just like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, right. I don't know. It's just weird. It is. It, 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 but it's all been happening in like the last week of him from that GQ article. He's just been. Like, I don't know. How Durant roasting him was like, damn, was dude. Damn. I, D- Durant usually is just whatever. Like, I just take everything he says with a grain of salt on social media because of the way he is on Twitter. But that, <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Like, I retweeted it because. Yeah. It was funny because for the guy, for Scotty to call him out for not being a good teammate, and then for Durant to point out one of the most selfish acts in NBA history. Right. Was, uh, yeah. It yeah it's and, and like the crazy thing is like Scotty could have like okay so when Michael came back and Scotty really wanted to be the guy like couldn't he he probably could have still gotten traded at some point during those last three years with Michael I'm sure he could have gotten traded I mean there were rumors that he was going to Phoenix yeah at one point and then obviously that that never worked out but. I mean, he wrote it out with Michael and won six titles. So, like, I, I just, I don't, I, I just don't understand. Yeah, I, I mean, 
Was was Scotty mad that Kukoc was getting the last shot because Kukoc was a white dude? Like I don't know. Like was, I, I think Scotty was just mad that it wasn't. He didn't get it. It wasn't his turn. He felt like with Michael moving on, it was his turn, and he deserved to have that opportunity to do what Michael Jordan constantly did. And and look, I mean, Scotty Pippen is one of the all time great NBA players. He's also one of the all time most overlooked NBA players because of who Michael Jordan is. Like. Right. He's bitter for good reason because nobody talks about Michael and Scotty. You talk about Michael, right? Like Scotty, yeah. Scotty's a great player. Michael's the best player of all time. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. And look, I'm a massive Michael Jordan fan, and I believe Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time. But I think it's also fair to say Scotty doesn't get nearly the credit he deserves because Michael was so good. It was, I mean, everybody calls it Michael's team. Nobody says, you know, Scotty was, people just don't think that Scotty was as big a part to the whole thing as he was. They just think it was, you know, Michael Jordan was on that team. So that's all they needed. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's easy, there's an easy argument to make that they wouldn't have won those six titles without Scotty Pippen. Like that, that team is significantly worse. Yeah. Even with Michael not having Scotty. I mean, like you said, I mean, Scotty's one of the 50 best players of all time. Absolutely. I, and, there's no argument about that. Like he's unbelievable. And they was even after Michael retired, like Scotty was still really good. Yeah. I mean, the team, the team changed the way that they played, obviously like they, it wasn't, I mean, it's not like Scotty went out there and started scoring 35 a game. Like he still played, you know, similar to the way he played with Michael, but I just, I don't know. It's just, you mentioned just, top 50 insane. player of all time. I'll, uh, here's the best example of why Scotty Pippen's better. And I, 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 this should make sense to most people. Top 50 best players ever. How many of those guys were never the best player in their prime on a team? Scotty had that for one year because remember the second year Jordan came back and it became Jordan's team again. Scotty had it for one year and the one year that it happened when he when he was in that opportunity to do what Michael had done so many times and hit a game winner, he didn't get that chance. Now again, I'm not defending his actions, but Scotty Pippen had one season as the best player on a team when he was in the prime of his career as a top 50 player to ever play the game. Is there another guy on that list that that applies to? I think maybe it, it's Scotty's very, it's very black and white on him being the best, ever being the best player on the team, because there's no argument on who the best player right. on the teams and those right. goals were. I think maybe you can have a conversation and this one is completely subjective about Shaq, not never being the best player on his team. But Shaq was I, like, definitely the best player on his team on those first couple title teams. I think well, that's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. It's just kind of a subjective thing where, like, I, I'm not going to argue with you because I don't I don't think I, it's I, subjective think in the early uh, the first Lakers title team. Like Kobe was good for sure, but Kobe wasn't like MVP caliber Kobe yet. No, he wasn't. He was. Yeah. See, I agree with you. I'm just yeah. saying, though, like I, if somebody was like trying to make an argument that Penny was the best player on those magic teams. And that Kobe was the best player on through the Lakers run, and then Dwayne Wade in Miami. I'd say maybe. Yeah, Wade okay, won a title though on his own before LeBron ever got there. Right. Wait, wait, wait hang on. What? Dwayne Wade won a title. Oh, oh, you're talking about yeah, Shaq in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but like, I agree with you that he, Shaq was the best player in those first couple of Lakers teams. But I'm just saying, like, if somebody yeah. wants to make that argument, I think yeah. Shaq's the only guy where there's a conversation to be had. Yeah, I, I mean, Shaq was the best player on those Magic teams for a while, and then there was a, you know, maybe a year 
where you could have the conversation with Penny. I think Shaq was the best player on the Lakers teams for a number of years before Kobe emerged as having that same argument. So even though I think there are seasons where you can argue which guy was the better player, there were multiple seasons where it was clearly Shaq is the thing. Yeah, I, I guess, too, in this conversation, like, talking about being the best player on your team for a season compared to, like, career. Yeah. It, yeah, I could see that. Because career, I don't think there's much conversation between Kobe and Shaq. Kobe's clearly yes. a better player, like, long, you know, over the course of their career. For sure. And Dwayne Wade, same thing. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. There's I mean, not one. Not that I can think of. Unless there's somebody in there where, like, Maybe John like John Havlicek isn't the best player on those Celtics teams. I, at, at this point, I think it would be far-fetched to have John Havlicek on a top 50 list. 50. I agree. I agree. But I agree. I, he, top 100, sure. Yeah. Um, okay, here's one. What about, well, he was, okay, you said never has been. Yeah. Because yeah. I was going to say Kareem, but, I mean, he was the best player on those Bucks teams for sure. And, and in the and early part of the Lakers years. Lakers, yeah. Yeah, I I don't there's probably right. not one. There's not a sink like if we put that list together, I don't know that there's a single guy on that list where you just look at him and be like, "Oh yeah, but he basically was a second fiddle star his entire career." It's great. I mean, that's crazy, man. It it's it's like it's 100% a tough situation yeah. like Mentally, from Scotty's perspective, but also, I mean, it's it's a t- like it's a tough deal because he wants to be the best player in the team and he wants to be the guy, but also because of the situation he was in, he won six titles for he sure. Was the best, I mean, on the best teams ever, best dynasty of all time, like incredible run. So, I mean, it's a double edged sword for a guy like Scotty. Yeah, I mean, you can't. There's only there's going to be one Michael. Everybody, I mean. Everybody else on that team, I'm sure they wanted to be the best player on a team because they've always been the best. That's the thing about the NBA is every player in the NBA at some point was the best player on their team. Yeah. Most of them through college. Some of them, depending yeah. on, you know, maybe if they loaded up, at the, like if it was like a Duke team, maybe they weren't the best player on their team at Duke. But like a lot of them were the best players at their college at high level, high school, like AAU, like their entire lives have been the best players on their teams. And they go to the NBA and they're the tenth best player. They can't even get on the floor. Yeah. yeah. But to not even be the spotlight guy for the team you play for Ever. for nearly your, yeah. your entire career. And then not only are you the number two, Aaron, but like you're the number two behind Michael Jordan, whose shadow is so much larger than anybody that's ever like if you're the number two to Kevin Durant. Like, Kevin Durant's a superstar, and he's going to get all the attention, but it's not like Kevin Durant is so polarizing that, like, everybody else around him is invisible. Like, that's what Michael Jordan was. Nobody else around Michael Jordan existed if he's in the room, right? No, he's the biggest personality ever in sports. Okay, what about the the Jail Blazers teams? Who's the best player on that team, would you say? I mean, maybe Scotty, but I, he he was far from the prime. Of I mean, his yeah, career. he wasn't even. The, I mean, yeah. Do you really want to be the best player on a team when you're not even at the best in your career? Yeah, no, yeah. Like, does I, that count, really? I'm trying to remember what that roster was con- like consisted it was, of. Even uh, Rasheed Wallace, um, 
I want to say Sabonis was on that sounds that right. team with Scotty. That sounds uh, right. Damon Stoudemire, maybe? That sounds right. I, I want to say that was pre-Zach Randolph, though. I could be wrong, but I think it, I, it, there might have been a rookie Zebo on that team, but I, I think it was a little bit before he was in the league. Here we go. So the first year in Portland was Greg Anthony, Stacey Ogman, Brian Grant, uh, Jermaine O'Neal, Sabonis, Detlef Schrempf, Steve Smith, Damon Stoudemire, Rasheed Wallace, and Bonzi Wells. Like, a bunch of really I, good individual players. Yeah. Several of those guys, uh, like, Shrimp was an all-star at one point, but he was in year 14 at that stage. Jermaine O'Neal was, a, and, and Bonzi Wells were both really young players and not even established yet. Uh, I think Brian Grant was an all-star at one point. Um, let's see. Yeah, Steve Smith was an all-star at one point, but... Yeah, Stoudemire and Rasheed Wallace were both four years into their careers. Yeah, I mean, that's a good Maybe. team, but yeah, I don't think that Scottie Pippen was uh, like Chicago I mean, yeah. Scottie Pippen at that point. Yeah, I don't. I don't. And again, even if that, even if he was the best player on the team, it doesn't. I mean, I don't know if that's really for argument's sake. Yeah. Like what Scottie is looking for. Like if you know, if I'm trying to think of an older player right now, like if. Like if okay, so like if Victor Oladipo <laughs> went to the Pistons and was the best player on that team, does that really count as like ever like you know playing on a team where you're the best player? Here's a good example. It would be like if Blake Griffin right now, at yeah, this stage of go. his career, had never been the best player on a team and then goes to Charlotte. Yeah, there you go. It, it doesn't really count. Yeah. Because Blake Griffin's still, I mean, he's still good, but he's not like, we're not talking about Blake Griffin as an NBA All-Star. Right. One of the elite players yeah. in the league. Scotty never made another All-Star team at, after 1997, and he joined Portland in 2000. Yeah, a couple of years with Houston, which I wish I would have been older to watch those Houston teams, just to like watch these like Hall of Fame players in their at the end of their career, yeah. just like try and figure it out. I remember the hype around seeing those three guys in those terrible Rockets uniforms. Uniforms, the stripes, yeah. And I mean, Barkley, Barkley had it was still good. Like Barkley was still putting up yeah. big numbers his first couple of years in Houston. Scotty just came off his time with Chicago. Elijah one, I think at that point was probably pretty done. But I mean, like they were, yeah. I could imagine there would be some hype. I mean, there's. They they weren't done yet, so like yeah, yeah. Just wish I I remember watching one game as I was like seven <laughs> with those three dudes, but other than that, I don't remember anything. That's it. the first the, the the year that they were together. Scotty averaged fourteen, Barkley sixteen, and Hakeem eighteen. <laughs> That's not great. So not good. Was key, was Akeem their leading scorer? Yeah. Oh my god, their lead. Did he score like eighty-five points a game? Uh, yeah, I don't see. But yeah, yeah I mean, they that's... can't can't be that. But those are college numbers. Those are like looking down. That's the... like Zion, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish at Duke. Right. Uh, Barkley in his... forty minutes. Barkley's first year in Houston. 
he averaged 19, 13, and 5, which, I mean, yeah. is pretty good. Especially at age 33. They made the Western Conference Finals one of those years. I think at 96, 97, I know they made the Western Conference Finals. They lost to the Utah. Or another 97. Yeah, 96-97, they made Western Conference Finals. John Stockton hit that game winner. But, yeah. Who won the title that year? I'm trying to remember. Uh, the Bulls. 96-97? It was the Bulls. Oh, I thought you were saying the year that Scotty joined Houston. Oh, the year that Scotty joined Houston, the Spurs won. Oh, okay. Because it was after the lockout. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That's right. Woof. Yeah. So anyway, Scotty, I again, I don't, I don't agree with uh, a lot of the actions, a lot of the comments, but I totally understand. Um, I guess the the bitterness that's there. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I'll be honest. I don't understand it because I was twenty seven years ago, <laughs> and you won three more titles. Yeah. Like, well, at some at point some, you got to get over it as well. Like, right. you can't. Yeah, it's it's, it's one shot. It's yeah. one shot in a playoff game. And you won six titles. It's not like that was the only time you made the playoffs. In no, your no, career. no. I mean about the whole, like the whole thing of him being overlooked and never, you know. But oh yeah, yeah. The one you're shot, a good multi, lord. You're yeah, a that, Hall of Famer. You're a multi-millionaire. Yeah. Like let's just, yeah, dude, come on. And like nobody's gonna agree with you. How many people? Like these are like things, like the things about Phil Jackson. I don't know many people, especially Bulls. You think there's many Bulls fans that would take Scotty side over Phil Jackson? I mean, not at this stage. Maybe there was a point, but maybe, yeah, not not at this stage. And Phil Jack, I mean, I, I would say as far as like, and I don't know, I'm not a Bulls fan. I would imagine it goes like if you're ranking all time like Bulls figures, it's got to be Jordan, then Phil, then Scotty. Yeah, maybe. Because um, I mean, Phil changed the whole thing, right? Scotty and Michael were there before Phil took over, and then Phil took over, and the whole the, everything changed in yeah. that franchise. So, yeah, I I just I don't think that uh, I think you're right about what side Bulls fans would be on because when you consider the history of Scotty and the organization and how unhappy he was and all that, and especially the whole like coach shot situation for Scotty Pippen to be the only player that Phil Jackson ever coached to make that accusation uh, seems uh, again far-fetched it, I think it would take other players jumping on that bandwagon yeah maybe there will be maybe but, maybe like Horace Grant will say something right. in a couple of weeks I don't know maybe some you know something right. happens but it's been 27 years and it's never been brought up so yeah exactly Oh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I've decided that uh, the the terrible replay stuff in the NBA is the reason for all these injuries. The basketball gods are so fed up with the fact that it takes 30 minutes to play the final minute of an NBA playoff game that 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 that's what it is, Aaron. It, the whole system's messed up. I think Jeff Van Gundy was complaining about it the other night. Like, why is it that the same play at minute... 47 is reviewable and more important than the same exact situation in minute like uh yeah. like 20. Right. Like in a playoff game where every possession matters, 
like I just understand like how they can just determine that like certain situations are more important than others in, in, a, in a playoff game. And it's, I I really wish they would just go away with all of it. Honestly, like I don't need anything to be reviewed in basketball. Agreed. I just don't. I just don't need it. I don't need any of it reviewed. I don't need anything reviewed in any sport. Honestly. And in football, if you want to review touchdowns, that's fine because you usually go to a commercial break anyway. Bang out the review during the commercial and make sure you get a scoring play right. Other than that, I don't need out safe and out calls at first base made right. I don't need strike. I don't like need any of this stuff that they're reviewing made you know determined to be the right call. I just don't. Like it just takes away from the momentum of the game. It takes like because you know what happens. Especially in like it, it really in any sport, but it's, I've been noticing a lot during these playoffs. I'm watching the game. I'm I'm tuned in, and they go to review, and I either get on my phone, same, and then I either or I change the channel, and I and then next thing I know, it's been like ten or fifteen minutes, and I'm like, oh crap, I've missed I've missed so much. I've missed same. some game time. And I've tuned away. I've tuned out the game. The other night, I was uh, Carter and I were watching the game, and I, I can't remember which game it was, but it was it was a late game. There were like six minutes left, and I'm like, "Dude, you got to go to bed." And he was like, "I want to stay up and watch the end of the game." And I'm like, "I want to let you." The problem is, with six minutes left in the fourth quarter, like this an may hour. be another hour. Yeah, it's insane to review a bunch of calls that like. If you can't, if you go to the monitor and to the naked eye in real time can't clearly see that there's an issue, then you just move on. Like 10 seconds, replay it, 10 seconds. If you can't clearly see that there's an issue, then proceed. All right, here's here's my here's my proposal for the new replay system in sports. It has to be a coach challenged. You only get a couple. I'm in on and that. You know what? There's a guy at the scorer's table that has a quarter. He flips it. You call it. If you get it yes. right, then you win the challenge. I love it. Takes 10 seconds. There you go. Don't have to sit there and watch a replay. It's complete chance. It's a gamble. Figure it out. Yeah. How do you feel about the way in the NBA does jump balls? What do you mean? Like instead of like the like possessions? The whole, yeah, like the whole jump ball thing. I think it's goofy. I think it's silly, but it it's can be fun sometimes. Absolutely when, like, goofy. But Trae I'm at the Young point now with replay. Like, let's just do a jump ball. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm look. I'm all in on a jump ball over the <laughs> possession arrow they do in college. Because like sometimes you get like Trey and Giannis that like lock up on a ball and give a jump. Ball. Like yeah. it could be some fun stuff. Like I don't care. It's it's yeah. way better than a re- than like you said a replay. Yeah. I I th- yeah the whole like tip off jump ball thing to me is just so pointless and has nothing to do with what how the game's actually played at all right. that it's funny to me but yeah let's do jump balls yeah, coach I, versus coach there you go we're gonna have Budenholzer uh, and Nate McMillan do a jump ball I, at center court for who uh who wins this challenge if we're gonna if that's the new rule I'm really upset that Stan Van Gundy got fired yeah because I that I need Stan Van, I need to see Stan Van Gundy doing some jump balls. Yeah. By the way, uh, noticed you were tweeting about it. How'd you feel about that uh, France Switzerland game? That was a great match. It was fun, right? Yeah. I I it, it's that's the only game I've actually seen of this entire tournament, and I happened to be doing yard work that entire 
morning into whatever time that thing started. Mm-hmm. And literally, like I was exhausted, soaked in sweat, uh, and I had just finished yard work. I sat down on the back porch, turned on the television, and it was already on ESPN, and that match was starting. And obviously, like I'm aware of how good France is. Mm-hmm. So I just ended up just sitting down. I was like, all right, I'll watch this. Uh, and I literally sat there and watched from the from the opening minute until the PKs, watched every second of it, and it was awesome. Yeah, it's soccer. At, look, soccer could be uh, unbelievably boring. You can get a game that's sure. unbelievably boring, but I a hundred, I, I truly believe that like at its peak, like soccer can be the most exciting thing to watch because like scoring is so hard, and when they're both teams are aggressive and trying to score, like it's just it's nerve wracking. Um, especially if you're rooting for one of the teams specifically, but yeah, yeah, the way that to go to PKs, like PKs are awesome. And then for Kylian Mbappe to be the one that misses right. the penalty, like that's like, uh, that's like Patrick Mahomes missing a wide open Tyreek Hill in the middle of the field, right? Like for the game winner for the game winner. Yeah. Like it's complete, like you would never, Kylian Mbappe is one of the five best players in the world. Right. For him to miss that was completely great. It was insane that was a lot of fun though and uh those 3-1 leads man those 3-1 you gotta leads. be careful yeah and i mean switzerland's not i mean they're not good they're okay but they're definitely not one of the like the 20 best teams in the right. world when with national teams for so well it was great because yeah. switzerland got that first goal and like you know for a long time france was trying to get the equalizer and, and just never got it and then when they did they got another one in like what forty seconds or something crazy like that. Like they immediately yeah. scored again to make it two one, and then Pogba had the incredible goal to make it three one. And at that point, I mean, I think everybody thought it was over. And I'll be honest, it was still on, but I wasn't paying nearly as much attention. Like I was sitting there with it on, but I was on my phone a lot. And then Switzerland scores the second goal. I was like, okay, maybe. And I, I then I started paying attention more. And yeah, the PKs were, yeah, I, I love sport. PKs, by the way, I know, like, oh, I know true soccer fans like hate it, or at least every true soccer fan that I know hates PKs. Wrong. I oh, love they, PKs. PKs are awesome. Penalty shootouts in hockey. Yes. Thing. How can you I not hate, love I, that? I hate so much and I get why they do it, but I hate the, the NHL in the playoffs. They don't do penalty shootouts. I wish they went penalty shootouts in playoffs. So bad. I would love to see a team win the Stanley cup on a penalty shootout. Right. But, yeah, it's awesome. One on one, like what's better than one on one? And you ever seen the Mighty like, Ducks beat uh, who was it? Iceland. Yes. Yeah. Penalty, yeah. But like one on one penalty shootouts is the best thing in any sport. Like at least in soccer and hockey. But yeah, and like it's so hard for the goalie to stop that when the goalie makes a stop or like or like an Mbappe's situation just completely misses the goal. Yeah. Like. You never expect it, and yeah. it's it's awesome. Like this is, this is completely nerve wracking because you know one eventually one's gonna miss, and you just hope it's that next one, and not you know your team on that on that kick. It's fun, man. Like, not, yeah, nothing better than PKs. I remember the the '94 World Cup was in the U.S. and there was a ton of hype around it. I remember like my Sports Illustrated for Kids magazine came in and they had like a USA preview for the World Cup and it was Kobe Jones and Alexi Lawless on the cover. And I was super geeked for the World Cup. And again, because it was in America, like 
it was very easy to watch as well because all the times Time correlated yeah. with, you know, our television watching. So I watched a lot of the games, and I remember that final was Brazil-Italy, and Roberto Baggio, who had been incredible that entire tournament, misses over the crossbar uh, in the in the PKs. And I was like, man, this is just the PKs were incredible. That's the and drama. Like, that's another that's another thing that makes a penalty kick so awesome is they're just so uncommon yeah. in the sport that like so first off, you don't have them in domestic leagues because they just they play to draws in domestic leagues. So you only have them in knockout tournaments and you have to you basically have like they have to play a game and a half before they get the penalty kick. So they play thirty minutes of added time. So like for them to make it all the way to add it to penalty kicks, like it just does like I think they said in the game the last time that France had been in penalty kicks was like 2013. It's been eight years since yeah. they had, that since that team had a penalty kicks. Yeah. Well, and just so, like Mbappe, Roberto Baggio led the World Cup in scoring. He had five goals in that World Cup, which was tied for the most, and he missed a PK over the crossbar. It's crazy. It's fun, man. Soccer can be yeah. unbelievable. I love soccer, but it can be unbelievably boring at times, yeah. but... I mean, there are times where there's no other sport that can compare the excitement. Like, um, in the group stage, so like, I, I'm sure you've heard the story of Christian Eriksen. He had the heart attack during the game, the Denmark player. I'm aware of it, yeah. Right. So, yeah. At, at that, like, Denmark played their last game in their group stage, and they had to win to make it to the, to even have a chance to make it to the knockout stage. And they end up, they score like three goals in that game, and like, unbelievably unbelievable atmosphere they're playing in uh i think they were playing in copenhagen so like home crowd i think it was copenhagen i those european like yeah <laughs> upper european countries confuse yeah. me but uh anyways just great atmosphere you can't top it like they're their best player almost like they're he literally died on the field on the pitch as they say like a week and a half earlier yeah and they're like willing their way into the knockout stage. They actually won their knockout game this week. So they've advanced to the quarterfinals. Like sometimes like it just there's nothing that compares to it. Soccer is one of those sports though that you have to have fans. Like without fans, it's just it's just not the same. And uh I think college football's like that. Like I think yeah. the NBA and like the NBA too to an extent, but like regular season NBA is fine. But like MLB, I think even NFL to an extent, like the crowds not being there doesn't really detract from the game necessarily, but like soccer, the crowd without the crowd, it's, it's not the same. Yeah. I, I I'm with you. I, I don't think it has like, as far as my enjoyment level of it, uh, football wasn't really impacted that much. Same. Baseball wasn't really impacted that much. I, I do think that my enjoyment level of watching the NBA without fans was impacted a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're right about soccer. I think it would be, I think it'd be tough. The MLB, you didn't even notice it. I didn't even notice a difference. No, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like other than when they cut to the crowd, like right. the stands and there's nobody there, there's yeah. cardboards. Like uh, I wouldn't notice a difference. Right. It's just like watching a Rays game. Right. Playoffs. Yes. There's a difference in, you know, For playoff sure. games without fans and baseball, but like a regular season game, like you would never notice a difference. It's the same amount of like volume from the crowd. Yeah. Same amount of people. Uh, tonight. College World Series, Game 3, winner gets the the natty. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not like, I don't follow college baseball super close, but I am aware of, like, the best players. Kumar Rocker for Vanderbilt and Will Bedner for uh, Mississippi State, both going to be first-round picks on the bump tonight. 
Yeah, and then uh, that should be pretty awesome. So I, I'm a, I haven't watched any of the series. I'm assuming that Leiter pitched one of the games, who also Leiter is probably yeah, going to be a first one. round pick. Yeah, and then uh, who's the big dude? I know they have a guy that's like gigantic, uh, like pitcher Kumar Rocker probably. Oh, he looks yeah. he looks huge on the mound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah he's like he looks like he weighs 250 pounds and he's like six <laughs> ten. He looks like it. Yeah, he's yeah okay yeah Rocker six five two forty five yeah yeah. He he wears it big though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's he's pitching tonight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, lighter. God, th- those dudes. Yeah. So, Rocker has a. I I, I don't know if the, I assume this is just for the College World Series tournament. Uh, Rocker has a one three seven ERA with thirty eight strikeouts, and Lighter has a one six seven ERA with forty four yeah. strikeouts. Like, that's wild. Yeah, those two guys are a lot of fun to watch pitch. And this yeah. kid from Mississippi yeah. State, Will Bedner, is also. I mean, Rocker and Leiter are probably top 10 picks. Bedner is is a first-round guy, but I don't think he's in the top 10, or at least most projections don't, projections don't have him there. But it will if if uh, if you are doing nothing at the time this thing starts, it's probably worth catching the beginning. If, if for no other reason than to see two first-round draft picks throw the ball with the national championship on the line. Plus, it's a, it's a game seven of yeah, the finals. exactly. So... Um, I don't know if you saw my tweet on this. There are, in these NBA playoffs, there are 10 former OKC Thunder players that we covered, Aaron, that uh, are averaging double digits in the postseason. And Isn't that please, crazy? It is. And you know what? I want to see a single person that thought campaign would be one of them. Nobody. Oh, who the hell... Can't be his. I don't know what I like. I I am blown away by how how good campaign has gotten. And I don't know if he was this capable of this when he was in Oklahoma City. I know he went and played overseas a little bit and like had some G League stints. I don't know if he needed that to get to this level, but I mean he is significantly better than I ever anticipated. Yeah, I'm surprised. Sure. Like I, if you would have told me two years ago that he was even going to be in the league. This season, I would have been like, there's no way who's going to play him. Yeah, I think I I think there's something to be said for being tossed out of OKC and tossed out of Chicago. And where'd he go? China, I think. uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, the point is out of the NBA, like that's on some level got to be like the a motivator to make you better if you get another opportunity. So I think there is something to that. But I also think like. We see this all the time in the NBA. It's about opportunity. Like, campaign wasn't a bad basketball player. You don't become a lottery pick in the NBA by being a bad basketball player. So, like, the skill set, he's always had the the physical ability to be able to perform at a high level. It's just never turned into that. And he finally got the opportunity with the right team, with the right supporting cast, in the right position, asking him to do something that he was comfortable doing and, and he was able to turn it on. Like if, if Chris Paul never has to sit out, do we ever see campaign do this? The answer is no, because the opportunity is not there. Yeah. But I mean, he just in like Chicago and Oklahoma city though, like he just wasn't ready for those opportunities. Right. Like, right. And Agreed. something happened between then and now to where he's, and I don't know if maybe in system plays a part in it. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, 
playing under Chris Paul has boosted his confidence and his understanding of the game. I don't know, but he's he's been impressive. Uh, I think the Bucks are the only team left that don't have a Thunder player that we covered. That on their roster, is correct? Yeah, yeah, because the Hawks have Gallinari. Uh, I think that's the only one they have. Gallo. The Suns have Campaign, Abdel Nader, Chris Paul. Clippers have uh, Paul George, obviously. I, I guess Jackson. Serge Ibaka, Reggie Jackson, Serge Ibaka. Yeah, Ibaka's hurt, but uh, multiple former Thunder players. Yeah. And then, yeah, the Bucks ain't got nobody. The Bucks roster pretty much stayed the same for yeah. the last few years, though. Yeah. So, Katie, 34.3 this postseason. Paul George, 27.2. Harden, 20.2, which is kind of surprising to me, actually. Uh, Russ, 19. Reggie Jackson, 18.1. Chris Paul, 16.3. Schroeder, 14.3. Gallinari, 12.4. Mello, 12.3. And Campaign, 10.3. Ten former sure. Thunder players averaging double digits in this postseason. How many did Russell Westbrook average? 19. No, they played the playoff game. That's right. Gosh, they are the playing game tournament. Dang it. Yeah. I was going to make fun of them, but I forgot they did make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, and they, uh, who'd they lose to? The Sixers. Sixers, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, because there was the Embiid Russell Westbrook hype leading into that series. <sighs> yeah, I mean... It's crazy because, like, you, you when you look at it like that way, I mean, I, I think most Thunder fans know how spoiled they've been over the past decade. Yeah. But when you look at it that way and see that those guys are still top-tier NBA players, like, it just shows how spoiled we've been in the last, like, five years in this city with NBA talent. I mean, you've got multiple all-NBA players, all-stars, a few Hall of Famers in there, like, a lot of high-level talent has been in this city. That, that also doesn't include Serge Ibaka, who's been hurt this postseason or would probably be on that list. That yeah. doesn't include Victor Oladipo, who's made an all-star team. That doesn't include Domas Sabonis, who's made an all-star team, which also, if those guys' teams were in the playoffs, or I think for Oladipo, yeah. if he had Sabonis been healthy, would be up big, yeah. um, those guys are on the list as well. Yeah, Sabonis for sure would have put up big numbers if Indiana, because yeah. he's, I mean, he's their dude. Yeah. He's their best player. Um, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's it's wild. And what I mean, they didn't win a playoff series after Kevin Durant. Like so much talent has gone went through there, and just I mean, really, especially in the last like four year, four or five years, is nothing to show for, it, and that kind of sucks. Yeah. For sure. All right, I'm going to leave you with this. Um, we're going to go Marvel here. Uh, first of all, I love the Loki series. I don't know Same. how... how Yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, I haven't watched the episode that just came out last night yet, but love the Loki series. Um, Marvel movies, give me your top five non-Avengers so, no Avengers, no Ultron, no Infinity War or Endgame in this category. Okay. Top five non-Avengers movies in the Marvel Universe. Number one, I'm going to start from one because it'll be easier to work my way back. Okay. Uh, number one, 
big fan of Thor Ragnarok. I think Ragnarok. Thor Agreed, Ragnarok actually. I love that movie. Yeah. And it's funny because the first two Thor movies weren't that good. They were terrible. And the third one's just so good. Yeah. I say terrible, I guess, in relation to all the other Marvel Relative, movies. Relative, yeah, yeah. They were still fun. Uh, even, like, yeah, Marvel... And look, I understand there are people that hate Marvel because it's, it, it, it's kind of just become, like, cliche at this point. But, like, even their bad movies are still fun to watch. Yeah. Are the, yeah, like you said, relative. Uh, anyways, Thor Ragnarok won. Um, I... It's kind of cheating, but I'm going to go Captain America Civil War 2 because it's basically an Avengers. It's like Okay, it's, yeah, I see I had that in my top 5. But it's like a quasi, It doesn't have Hulk, it doesn't have Thor. Like it's not the whole team. So But you get a lot of it. You get a lot of it, yeah. Yeah. Uh that too. Um I really liked Captain America uh in the Winter Soldier. That's probably 3. Winter Soldier, yep. I thought the, I thought the the Captain America movies were done really well and were a lot of fun. Um 4 Hmm. Probably Guardians of the Galaxy four, okay. the first one, and then five. Hmm. This is tough. The first three were pretty easy for me. Five. Let's go with. Oh man. Um. I really, you know, let's go with the first Spider-Man. I really like the first Spider-Man movie. The uh, the um, Tobey Maguire one? No, 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 no. Or the, the uh, okay. The first one with uh, Tom Holland. I forget, Tom Spider-Man. Holland, by far the best Spider-Man. 100%. Not even close. Uh, was it Homecoming? Yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming. That sounds right. Yeah, okay. the one with Michael Keaton in it. and Okay. Yeah, I thought yeah. Michael Keaton's probably one of the best villains they've done they've had so far, so... Our list is very, very similar because I also have Ragnarok. I also have Winter Soldier. I also have Civil War. Um, and then I, I have Iron Man, the first Iron Man, as definitely a top five. And then for my last spot, it was either Iron Man 2 or Guardians of the Galaxy 1 for that fifth spot. So we have very similar tastes as far as the Marvel movies. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of... Uh... Mickey Rourke in Iron Man yeah. two. I thought I thought he was fun. I thought his character was fun. Um, Iron Man three wasn't very good. I, yeah. I thought Iron Man three was really good as far as just like Tony Stark's story, but outside of like his like own little thing going on in that movie, like it wasn't very good. The villain was terrible. Yeah, agreed. like the Mandarin in that movie sucked. Um, I, it would be an easier list for me to tell you the ones that I thought were not good because that would only be like four movies. Okay, which ones are not good? Okay, Iron Man 3 definitely is not that good. Uh, the second Thor I, is probably the worst one. Is that one the Dark any. World? Yeah, I thought that one sucked. Yeah. Um, Captain, I didn't think Captain Marvel was that good. It was okay, but... Am I, I wrong would, that Captain Marvel is so powerful that it's not fun to watch? It's like Superman. Yeah, it's just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like you just, she's just, yeah, it's too strong. I agree. And which I, we're, we're nerding out here, which is why I was kind of glad in the Avengers movies, after, like in Endgame, that she was only in at the very end because, like you said, like she was there the whole time. That what's, I mean, but no it challenge. also like bothered me at, that that's how it ended because it was just like, 
So we could have prevented all of this if, if she, she would have just, just come there. and taken care of this originally. Yeah. Like that yeah. part of it kind of bothered me because I was like, this is all kind of pointless because you had this like, basically you have a, a nuke that you just decided I'm not going to use on the right. bad guys until the very end. Right. I mean, they're, everybody's hand-to-hand combating like right. it's like the Crusades and we've got a nuclear bomb. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. So, Agreed. Uh, I didn't, Captain Marvel, I didn't enjoy. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it because it's, it's a superhero movie. It's still fun, but yeah. Well, I didn't think it was good that good. Uh, I honestly like the one I've gone back and watched them. I, I, I find the first Thor movie pretty hard to watch. Um, the characters just aren't like Loki is not fun. Like they, they, they develop those characters like Thor and Loki developed really well and became fun characters. But that first Thor movie, like it just feels like every, all the actors are just really uptight and like, yeah, it just, it just does. It's not very fun to watch. Um, I, I liked the first half of the first Captain America, but I felt like the back half was just kind of, uh, yeah, bogged eh. down a little bit. Yeah. yeah I like agree the, with the, you. the story of, Captain America becoming Captain America was cool, but the first fight with what what was his name? Um, Red Skull. Yeah. yeah, all of that was just kind of like, eh, it didn't didn't move the needle that much for me. Now I will. Okay, so it's not a Marvel. It's not part of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the, my favorite, and I think it's the, I there's probably two super quote unquote superhero movies. And these two movies, I don't even know if they really count as real superhero movies based on what we're used to now. Uh, Logan and The Dark Knight, I don't think that there's ever going to be a movie yeah. that are going to be in the same like realm to me as far as like quality of movies. I think those those are two of my, the, I think the best movies ever made. Both great movies, like, yeah. Yeah, top couple hundred movies, but yeah. Did you, have you ever enjoyed a Hulk movie? No, I, Hulk, Hulk is another character that's kind of boring to me. It's tough. They've they've not even done a Mark Ruffalo version, have they? No, because I I, I yeah. think that yeah, because the the technical MCU, I guess the, technically the MCU Hulk movie, it was the uh, that was the uh, Edward Norton one. I c- I can he never did. remember if it was the Eric Bana or Edward Norton or yeah, I think Eric Bana was. I think Eric Bana was the first one that was where Hulk was like neon green and just fighting the U.S. Army. <laughs> yeah. And I think the Edward Norton one was the one that came after Iron Man. But yeah, it's Hulk's, Hulk's another character where like I think if he's like in a part of an ensemble, it works. But by himself, I just I don't know. It just doesn't. Great in Ragnarok, by the way. Yes. Awesome in Ragnarok. Paired with Thor, Hulk is a great. He's, yes. he's great. But by himself, I just, I just, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm loving, uh, I'm loving Loki. I loved Wandavision. I thought, uh, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier was good. The, the series, I think, are, are really well done. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mo- like movie quality production, but you're yeah. getting instead of two hours in this story, you're getting like six to eight, which sucks. To like part of it's like, damn, I wish this was just a movie. Because I know I'm gonna have to wait another month yeah. before I find out what happens, but at the same time, like like you said, like I've got a new episode to watch today. I'm pretty pretty stoked about it. and I can't yeah. wait. The storytelling though in the series is like next level great. Yeah, and it's it, it's a it's such a genius way to like 
make keep more money. this thing rolling for <laughs> like do what make more money make more money yes yeah. but like which is the end goal but like to keep this thing rolling for like yeah. years because now you're building up like these secondary background characters into like main characters yeah you could do a wanda movie now yeah like people want to see more of these characters like i could like i did not give a damn about the falcon or the winter soldier before that series I really and, liked Winter Soldier and the story there. Um, I liked it, but at but, the same time, like I feel like I got my fill of it from the movie. I always felt like th- there was a lot more that could have been done with Winter Soldier. Uh, but yeah, Falcon, Falcon was literally like just, I mean, it's kind of like Hawkeye. Like it's okay. He's like a sidekick, right. but there's just he's, not a lot of substance be a, there. So. I mean, every team has to have a worse guy on the team. Yeah. So... Yeah. But yeah, like Wanda and Vision, like they were cool, but like I didn't have any like real interest in seeing more of them. Agreed. On, but now I'm like, I need to see more like of this. The of concept of that series was so unique and so well done that, again, like you, you, you turned Wanda into like, if there's a Wanda movie, I'm going to see it now. Whereas before, like maybe I would have seen it. Maybe not. I don't know. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's a Marvel movie, so I'm probably going to go see it. But like. I'm not, it's not one of the ones that I'm like, I need to, I can't wait for this to come out. Yeah. So it's a genius move because they're just adding more, more characters that people are enamored with. So yeah. Good on the Disney company corporation for manipulating me into giving them more money. (laughs) Amen to that. Uh, Big fourth plans. Working. Hey, so, you, well, no. if you're going to work at 4 a.m., you may still be seeing fireworks. Uh, if you look toward Logan oh, yeah. County, maybe you're gonna are you gonna be popping them off all day? No, all but I'm just saying in my area, like it's oh, okay. it's kind of an all night thing. Like it started wait, about wait. a week ago, which is okay. usually it's way later than it, it usually starts at the beginning of June or maybe late are May. You, are you allowed? Are you technically in your neighborhood? Are you allowed to shoot fireworks, or is that like oh, yeah. considered like resident? Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, I didn't know if that was like. Res, like considered residential like city like whatever where i live you don't even need to go anywhere to watch a fireworks show you just put lawn chairs in your backyard you don't even need to spend any money because you're so damn close to the neighbors who probably have spent about eight hundred dollars on their fireworks that you just sit in your lawn chair in your own yard and the neighbors are going to put on the biggest display probably in the city so Fire, fireworks are one of those things yeah. where it's been a real struggle for me because I want to buy so many fireworks, but yeah. at the same time, I'm like, why am I spending money on fireworks? Yeah. Like, this it's is going to be a luxury awesome item, day. I think. If you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm about to spend three or $400 on fireworks. It's going to be awesome for those, like, hour that I'm shooting them off, but then the next day, I'm like, what? I'm yeah. an idiot. Why would I spend $400 on those? We haven't done the, we haven't spent money on fireworks the last few years because it's, uh, little man's still, like, young enough where, the boom still kind of scares him. So he's not like, like he likes to watch them from a distance, but he doesn't like to get too close because the sound like scares him and bothers him. But, uh, we're getting, we're, I I think this might be the year where he really becomes more fascinated. There you go. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, always good stuff. My friend, enjoy your, uh, day off and we will catch up next week. All right, man. See you later.
The podcast is over.